So, uh, so how many of you have uh, finals coming up? Finals coming up? Yeah, several of you. So, uh, uh, sometimes it seems like we've got um, some huge, huge events in our lives. And so Daniel has been portraying for us some things. He's been talking to us about some things that are distant to him. He's been asking God. Yes. He's been asking God for uh, insight into when will this end. Uh, he's been going through some, uh, some time of exile. It's not been uh, horrible for him. It's not that he's been tortured or something like that. He has been persecuted. He's been singled out. Uh, he's had uh, cultural adversity with the Babylonians, with the uh, with the Medes, with the Persians. Uh, he's gone through a number of uh, political changes of the people that are above him, and so um, so we've gotten those stories. And we've seen how he's dealt with that through prayer, through meditation, through a hope that God has got a plan and that God is going to deliver his people. And that's the message for us. And so uh, sometimes when we're going through these trials and hard, no, every time we go through trials and hardship, we ask ourselves and we ask God eventually, God, how much longer? How, is, how long is this going to go on? How long is my depression going to last? How long is my friend's depression or anxiety going to last? How long is the political situation going to be chaotic? How long is disease or famine going to dominate uh, in a particular region? Or whatever it is, we ask ourselves and we eventually turn our, our attention to God and we ask, How long, Lord? How long before you rescue us okay? and rescue and redeem the world? Uh, Paul says in Romans, he says, the whole creation is groaning like it's in childbirth, is groaning for the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to share with the world. That's the, the hope, the joy. And that's what Daniel addresses in Chapter 12 of Daniel. Okay, so if somebody would, let's, uh, let's, let's read Daniel. I've included the text in Daniel in, uh, I took out the, the verse numbers. All of the verses are here uh, today. I haven't shortened anything on uh, the book of Daniel. I did on a few other verses that we'll see. Uh, but I put Daniel in black print and in italics. So, um, so that's Daniel, and then uh, any other text is uh, annotated as to what it is, and in a different color. Okay, so if somebody would read these first verses out of Daniel 12. Out loud. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people... Everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. Okay. So, again, this is something that's told to Daniel, and he's told this is in the future. Keep in mind that uh, there's war going on in heaven. There's a spiritual reality that we've got a physical manifestation of. 
And so the struggles that are going on here that we're witness of, uh, witnesses of, that, that we see those things, we have to keep in mind that there's deeper spiritual realities. There are wars going on. Michael, we've already been told, is at war uh, and is an, an angel that's in charge of the nation of Israel. And so uh, he's their prince, their prince. So, um, uh, and, but he says specifically, this is a distress. There will be a distress, a time of distress that's unlike anything that's ever gone before it. So he's not talking about the Babylonian captivity. This is a big clue right here that he is talking about a future time. First of all, he uses future tense. There will be. Okay? He's not saying, y'all have just gone through the most distressful time ever. He says, there's going to be a time when it's a lot worse than this, than what you've been going through. Okay? It hasn't happened from the beginning of the nations until then. Okay? And look at the, uh, look at the very end. Do you see any hope there? Yeah, at that time, your people will be delivered. The people of God will be delivered. So, uh, so I inserted in blue here my comments. Uh, in times of distress, God sends angels to minister to his people. And also, everyone whose name is written in the book will be delivered. He says that with certainty to Daniel. God doesn't say, if I win against Satan... If you read the book of Romans, it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful, deep book. But if you read the book of Romans, you see that God has us firmly in His grip. And there is no way, no power in hell, no power on earth that can pull us out of His hand. We are His people. And Satan will not pull us out of His hand. Not saying you can't walk away from God, but I am saying that Satan can't pull you away from God. Okay? He can't take you away from God. We see that with Job. We see that with the, all the patriarchs. We see it with the people in the New Testament. So uh, let's hear what Jesus has to say about this in Matthew chapter 24. And I've, uh, I've used some dots and dashes there. Uh, this is a longer passage, and it's worth your time to read Matthew 24 and 25 in, uh, in reference to Daniel 12 and Revelation 12. But let's hear what Jesus has to say. Somebody read that for us. Jesus is saying this. Jesus quotes who? 
So some people ask me, is there some literary evidence that Daniel wasn't written until long after and there was no real person Daniel? And there's this historical question mark about the accuracy, uh, how in the world he pinpoints this uh, in such specificity. Uh, it's crazy how Daniel's been able to outline all of this stuff. And so they question whether Daniel should be included as a real book of the Bible, or whether it's just, I mean, if you look, uh, a lot of, um, I'll say predominantly, uh, contemporary authors all call him a fictional character. Yet Jesus quotes from Daniel. Okay? If you don't believe Daniel was a real character, you ought to be questioning Jesus then. Because Jesus says he's a real person, and this is what he said. So I have a lot of confidence in Daniel, and I have a lot less confidence on interpreters, okay? So, uh, and people who want to parse words and, uh, and try to make things out. And I don't have answers for all the questions, but I do have a lot of confidence in Jesus, and I have a lot of confidence in the book of Daniel. So what does he say to us here? First of all, he mentions the abomination that causes desolation. What have we said before about that? What's that? I mean, what we've already seen that in the book of Daniel. He's mentioned the abomination that causes desolation before. What did we talk about that perhaps meaning? A fulfillment of that. Sacrificing the pig on the altar of the temple when Antiochus Epiphanes calls himself God manifest, puts a statue of himself and Zeus in front in the temple of God and on the altar of God sacrifices a pig to desecrate the temple and to say to Jews, you can't worship God and if I catch you reading the holy book, we're going to kill you. Well, that sounds pretty bad. And we were told certain times and certain dates, and Antiochus Epiphanes fulfills those times and dates. But here it is, Jesus is after Antiochus Epiphanes. And he says that there's yet another abomination that causes desolation yet to come. Okay, So there was a fulfillment, one could say a pre-fulfillment or a type of fulfillment, then there will be a true, full filling of the prophecy. Okay? So, uh, this is spoken of through, throughout Daniel. And he says, let the reader understand there's going to be a time of distress unequal from the beginning of the world until now, Jesus said. So he says, it hasn't happened yet. There's going to be, Jesus says. So this is in Jesus' earthly ministry. So this is a time when he is on earth and he says there's going to be a time coming that's never been, there's never been anything like it before. The distress that is coming. Okay? And he says, uh, basically he says if it, it's going to be cut short for us, for our benefit, for the benefit of the elect. Okay? It's going to be shortened. And he says, see, I told you ahead of time. Okay, so 
a lot of times people say biblical prophecy is not so important. I'm just going to live my life today. Well, if that's all there is to it, then first of all, I lose a lot of the hope. I lose a lot of the promise that God has given me about the resurrection and about deliverance. If all I've got, and this is one of the things that the Jewish people lose they, they, they don't have a real hope in the resurrection. They just basically have uh, traditions that they keep and they don't really understand how God is fulfilling it because they've ignored a lot of the prophecies and, and not seen the fulfillment that Jesus has done, uh, accomplished, and that He's going to accomplish. And so this fills us with hope that we can share with other people. Okay. So, see, I've told you ahead of time, Jesus says. So it shouldn't be a big surprise to us when some of these things happen. Now, I will say that Jesus himself said, none of us, none of us know the day and the time that I'm going to come back. Jesus said that. Oh, okay. God's going to send him back. And when he said that, Jesus said, I don't even know. Okay? That's, pretty, that's pretty wild. Okay? So, but here's what we've got. We've got some things that when they happen, we shouldn't be surprised by. Okay? We don't necessarily see them ahead of time. I don't think any of us in 2018 could have seen the worldwide... I mean, I've seen the movies about worldwide pandemics. They didn't look anything like this. I didn't think they were going to be, I thought there were going to be zombies walking the streets. We were all going to have to open fire on their heads and eat their brains or something. Okay? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've seen zombie movies since the 60s. Okay? And they've gone through a lot of iterations. I like that. What was that one, Ann? That Warm Bodies? Yeah, that was uh, it's a love story, a zombie love story. Uh, anyway. It's kind of a cool movie. But uh, yeah, all kinds of different. No, I didn't, I didn't see anything like this. Okay? And there are things yet to come that I haven't seen. So this is not the overt persecution in the time of distress yet. Okay? We know it. Uh, okay, so let's hear some more of what Daniel has to say. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. Yeah. So what's he say here? What's going to happen? Say it louder. Yeah, yeah. Everybody comes up, good or bad. Y'all come up out of the grave, okay? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell you right now, there's books and books have been written and can be written over the things I don't know, okay? So I don't know how God is going to raise, bodily raise, people who've been cremated, people who've burned up in a house fire, People who have been eaten by fish and animals. I don't know how that is, that is going to happen, but the Bible is very clear that we are going to be raised with a body. Okay? Job specifically says, I know that in my body I will see the Lord after I die. 
Okay? So, and, and Paul speaks of an, a, a body that's different than the body that we have today. Okay? I don't know. It's not, we're not going to be, the Greeks had this idea that we were just spirits floating around without a body. Okay? And that's how we could walk on clouds and that kind of stuff came. No. No. We're going to have a body. Okay? So that's a, that's a very different philosophy than the Bible presents, that, that we're just some uh, disassociated spirit. We are going to have a body. I don't have the slightest idea how that's going to happen with all of the things, but we are planted as a seed into the ground, and we rise with a new body. Over and over and over again, the New Testament tells us this, okay? So, look at this. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of heaven, and those who, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever. God has got, He's got plans for you to shine. He's going to give you a body that shines in brilliance when you rise, okay? But there are going to be some who don't like this. Uh, I guess we could look, uh, let's go ahead and look at the Romans passage here. This is Romans 2. So somebody read that in red for us. Your stubbornness and unrepentant heart stores wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God who will render to each person according to his deeds. Those, those who by perseverance and doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality receive eternal life. Those who are selfishly ambitious and don't obey the truth but obey unrighteousness will receive wrath and indignation. Okay. He clearly separates two different types of people here. Paul does for us in Romans. Okay. Same thing that Daniel did for us, same thing that Jesus does for us. He says there's sheep and there's goats and there's going to be a separation some are going to rise to eternal life. What are the characteristics of the people that rise to live eternally? What are the characteristics of those people? What do they seek? Glory. That's glory like God. Glory and honor. Immortality. They want to live forever. Okay? I know people who do not seek those things. They don't seek glory not in a spiritual sense, not in a godly holiness sense. They, they seek fame. That's different than glory. Okay? God's glory filled the tabernacle, filled the tent that Moses was in. His face shone for days. Shined? Shined for days. He had to wear a veil over his face because the people were all scared of him because his face is glowing, not just in the dark, but in the daytime. His face is glowing so bright because he'd been in the presence of God. Okay? And he couldn't even look at God. That's the kind of glory that God wants to fill us with. I know people who don't want that. I know people who have run away from that their whole lives who are in rebellion against God, who seek things of darkness, who seek things that the powers of evil pursue. Okay? Uh, what about the people who, who don't get all this glory and honor and immortality? They don't seek those things. What do they seek? Selfish ambition. Anything else? 
unrighteousness. Okay? I'm thinking there was a, I don't know, there was a basketball player a few years ago. I, I don't know if he's still alive, but he bragged about how many women he'd had sex with. It was just incredible. The, I mean, it was like one a day or something like that. Okay? Um, maybe even more than that on average for like his adult life. It was crazy. Okay? That's somebody who's, he's not seeking righteousness. He's not seeking holiness. And he's not occasionally messing up. This is somebody who is bound and determined to go against everything God has programmed us to be in his image. Okay? So, what do we see here? All the dead people are going to wake up. Everybody. Okay? You get a choice. Everlasting life or everlasting contempt. You get that choice now. You don't get that choice then. You've already made your choice when you come up out of the grave. Okay? So it's not like God's going to say, okay, now you get to decide. You know, you've already placed your order. Okay? So uh, lead, uh, lead many to righteousness. You. You should lead many to righteousness. I should lead many to righteousness and to shine bright. That's what God destined us for. And then the prophecy is sealed until the end time. So uh, we just keep seeing over and over again, you know, when we go back over here, it says, uh, Daniel, roll, roll up the seal. Seal the words of the scroll until the end of time, basically. Okay? So we've got these words but we don't understand. We don't understand the exact timing. That's okay. God has intentionally got some things going on behind curtains that we don't see. And He tells us ahead of time, I'm going to keep those things behind the curtain and reveal them in my time. You'll get it when it's necessary. So I don't, I don't, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, and I don't know exactly when this horrible persecution of stuff is going to start. But I know that it's going to happen. He's promised. Okay? So, again, if you look, there are all kinds of fulfillments of Daniel's prophecies according to when the, some pope in 508 A.D. did something or other. Okay, uh, or in 1844, I have no idea why they love this 1844 business. I keep, I keep watching these videos and they all, they all look crazy to me. Uh, maybe it's something special, but I, I look backwards at 1844 and don't see anything major. Anyway, uh, let's, keep here, let's, let's hear some more about what Daniel has to say. Oh, here's a cool picture I found. I had a hard time finding some pictures for this and it's not real clear. But here's an angel on one side of some water and an angel on some other side of the water. Keep in mind that Daniel uh, is along the river. Okay? And so uh, he's having a vision. Uh, uh, actually, this is a vision that's spoken to him. And so uh, he's seeing these things that go on. And, uh, and there's somebody in the middle of the water hovering above the water. Huh, it reminds me a little bit about Jesus. Okay? Walking on the water. Okay? So somebody read uh, this passage out of Daniel here. Daniel 12. Then I looked, and there stood two others, one on this side, one on this bank of the river, and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, lifted his right hand, 
and his left hand towards heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time, with the power of the holy people. When the power of the holy people has finally been broken, all of these things will be completed. Okay. So first of all, we see that this is a man standing in the middle of the river. Okay. Uh, so there is one who's on one bank, there's one on another, and those people have been talking to him. These were clearly identified as angels earlier. And so there seems to be two angels, and they're having a conversation. And so they ask the man in the middle of the river. Again, I believe that's Jesus. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a special, uh, he's distinguished from the other two considerably. And so... Um, and then what's this time, times, and half a time? Well, we've already mentioned the fact that this is an old way of saying, it's kind of like four score and seven years, was four score and seven years ago? Is that right? Yeah. Four score and seven years ago. Okay, we don't use score too much anymore. Okay. But, uh, but this is an old way of saying a year, two years, and half a year. Okay. That's three and a half years. Okay, so this three and a half years has already been mentioned by Daniel once. Uh, it's mentioned again here. It's mentioned in Revelation as 42 months. It's mentioned in, here at the end of the book as uh, uh, it was also mentioned a previous time as 1260 days. And in just a little bit, a few verses down, we're going to see 1290 days. 30 days later, three and a half years plus a month. Uh, these are, uh, these are 360, year, uh, 360 day years. That's the way ancient people counted years. And I mentioned that in a previous lesson. Okay? 360 is a significant thing. So here's what we see, and we'll read the Revelation passage in a second. Angels have specific assignments. Angels don't have, they don't know all of God's plan either. They wonder about the timing of God. Uh, Jesus is above all. We see that with him above the water, uh, hovering above the water. It'll take three and a half years to completely break the power of the holy people. And these prophecies will all be completely fulfilled. They have been partially fulfilled at various times in the past. But they will be completely fulfilled at a point. Okay? Somebody read for us the Revelation 12 passage here. Uh, and this is an excerpt out of Revelation 12. Okay, so somebody read for us. War broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent, serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him, for a time, times, and half a time. The dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. Okay. Uh, there are various interpretations of Romans, just as there are of of uh, Daniel and of any apocalyptic literature. And again, I don't uh, I don't claim to have any kind of special uh, knowledge there. Uh, one of the interpretations is that all of this is about uh, the history of Jesus coming into the earth on, on the first go around and that the woman is Mary and she goes off to Egypt for three and a half years. That does seem to jive with, uh, can you use that word? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I can use that word. That seems to, to mesh with uh, the biblical story. This is told afterwards. And so what's going on? Is he just telling the story of Jesus or is he telling something that's going to happen? Is this history or is this future? There's a question that I don't have an answer unless perhaps my answer would be it could be both. Okay. Okay. What else do we notice here? A war. A war going on. And that war is going on in heaven. Does it have fallout? Yes. Just like marriages that break up have fallouts with the children. Okay? Just like a disease like COVID can influence those of us that haven't even gotten the disease. Right? Just like depression for somebody that you love or perhaps for yourself can influence others. There are spiritual things going on, spiritual battles going on. We need to not only admit them, but we need to call upon God's servants, angels. need to call upon God to send angels to minister to us during those times of trial. We often don't do that. We're guilty of trying to make it on our own or fake it till we make it. Both are lame ways to cope. Call upon the spiritual power of God. Okay? What else do we see here? Satan is thrown out. He's thrown down. Okay? So he's thrown down to the world. So he's got... So my... My take on this is that, that this war is going on now and there will be a time when Satan is thrown down to, to earth and that's the time of great distress that's been unequaled. That's, that's my take on it. Uh, many, many, many others agree with that take. Uh, whether Satan was thrown down previously, it seems like Satan comes and goes between heaven and earth. In the book of Job, Satan shows up with the other angels and reports to God what he's been doing. Okay? So that, that's, a, uh, that's a little bit weird for us to think about Satan being in the presence of God. Satan the deceiver, you know, the usurper. Okay? Um, who's he waging war against here? Who is Satan waging war against? Christians says those who keep God's commands. By the way, if you're not keeping God's commands, you don't have to worry about Satan. He, he's not going to wage war against you. Because yeah. he's already got control of you if you're not keeping God's commands, not even trying. Those who hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. When Jesus in chapter 1 ascends... Okay? The word is that we will all be witnesses, his witnesses. That's what we're called to be, folks. And here it is. We've got to hold fast to your testimony about Jesus. What has Jesus done for you? Share that with other people. As Carol said, you got a, you got a card now, a gift card. Take somebody out for donuts and coffee. Okay? Those that didn't show up, those that showed up late, you don't get it. But uh, you got, you got, no, she's, you still got some more? 
There's a sleigh over here. So those, uh, so, you know, she, she's come up with, with some money so that you can take somebody else out and share the message of Jesus. Share your testimony. What has God done for you? This is the hope that we have. We're supposed to share it. Okay? And, you know, we, we're guaranteed that Satan's going to wage war against that. Again, the reference last week was to the screw tape letters somebody mentioned. Okay? Let's, let's keep going here. We're almost to the end. Back to Daniel. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. The wicked will not understand, but those who are wise will understand. Put in your own words for me. Read that again, and somebody be willing to jump on out there and put it in your own words. Mind your business and leave it to me. Okay? So I'm not getting real uptight. I got a friend, you know, there's, uh, back, back in my day we had terms for all of these things, like the people who thought that there was going to be a tribulation, the people who thought that the, uh, that the time of the reign of Christ was going to be before the tribulation or after the tribulation. They were premillennial and postmillennial and amillennial. And they had all these terms for all this. And I got a real good friend. And, and so somebody asked him one day, I was with him, and they said, are you premillennial or postmillennial or amillennial? And he said, I'm panmillennial. I said, what? I never heard of panmillennial. He said, yeah, I believe it's all going to pan out in the end. <laughs> okay. Basically, that's what Daniel's told. Daniel's a smart fellow who's been studying this for 80, almost 90 years now. Okay? He's been asking God and following God and searching His Scriptures. And God says, take it easy, man. Just relax. I got this. Okay? And I take great heart in that. I don't have to have all the answers. Okay? It's okay if I do understand some things and I want to seek them out. Daniel sought them out. But don't get uptight if you don't understand it all. Read it. Get what you can out of it. Don't worry about the rest. God's got it all. Okay? So, everyone wonders, but none of us understand perfectly. Okay? Prophetic meaning is sealed until the end. It's revealed afterwards in this case. Okay? Many will be purified and refined, but wicked people are going to continue in ignorance. The wise will understand that God's way is the best. Okay? And in 1 Corinthians 18, I'm oh, sorry, 1 Corinthians 1, sorry about that, that's a typo. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 18 to 25, this is a summary of that. In the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs. Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Greeks. But those whom God has called, Christ, to those whom God has called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Awesome. That's what we're to be preaching. The power of God and the wisdom of God. For everybody. And our last few verses out of Daniel, which are very confusing with the days. So let's go with the black 
text here. Somebody read that for us. From the time the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the 1,335 days. As for you, go your way to the end. You will rest, and then at the end of days, you will rise to receive your life in Okay. Uh, again, so we had a time where Daniel was given a, a, a vision of 70 weeks. And I said that uh, most people interpret that to mean a week is uh, a week being there, uh, a representation of seven years. And that um, and that was prophecy that was fulfilled uh, with both Antiochus Epiphanes and with Jesus and his entry in on Palm Sunday and his crucifixion and probably ends with the stoning of Stephen and the beginning of the persecution of the church. So uh, here's a question for us. He gives us days here. Do we interpret these days to be 1,290 years or 1,290 days? Okay, the 1,260 days given earlier was uh, 1,260 days, uh, which was three and a half years, and that was a persecution. And this seems to go along with it, but then it goes from three, uh, 1,260 to 1,290. And so what in the world, what gives with all of this? So uh, this, is, this is the way I understand it. Uh, he does say specifically here, the daily sacrifice will be abolished. Okay, that happened. That happened with Antiochus Epiphanes. Okay. Uh, the Jews went back to sacrificing after that, but it wasn't 1,290 years later, and it wasn't, 12, it wasn't three and a half years later. So uh, there was a three and a half year time period there, but it, it, this is given, uh, this is given again, this time, kind of time period is given again in Revelation and with Jesus. So what's going on here? So there seems to be a reinstatement of the sacrifices that's done away with again at the fall of Jerusalem in AD 70. The Masada, the Jews are scattered and they don't return to Jerusalem until, until to Israel until the 1940s, okay, after World War II. So, um, Many people think, and I tend to think this as well, but many people think that there'll be a time at which the Jews actually come back and have, they reinstate daily sacrifice. It's a twice daily sacrifice thing. And, uh, uh, and then there'll be a time when that's abolished. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, but that seems to be what it's, uh, that seems to be what it's talking about in a future tense. Uh, if not, then it could be either Antiochus Epiphanes. Again, I have confidence that it'll be fulfilled completely. I just don't know exactly how. So the daily sacrifice is abolished. There's an abomination that causes desolation. Uh, both of those things are uh, restated. And then the 1260 days is three and a half years of tribulation. And then there seems to be 30 more days where the elect, the chosen of God, have got enough warning that this has happened that they get out of Jerusalem. They leave Jerusalem. They get to a safe space. Jesus mentions this. Revelation mentions this. And Daniel mentions this. So I feel pretty confident that that's the case. So even if I'm a Christian that's going through this tribulation period, I'm in a safe place. God has got me in a safe place. I don't know if that means He's pulling me 
out of the world and into some netherworld holding pen, or whether or not we're all in a cave somewhere in Turkey. I have no idea. Okay? I just know that he says he's going he's gonna to take care of us, and it's going to be a time of tribulation for the whole world. Okay? 30 days we've got to get, he's, he's going to take to get us to a safe place, and after that another 45 days, and then Jesus comes. Okay? So uh, that's the 1,335 days, the best I could break it down. Uh, I, I like math, but I'm not really into numerology. So, uh, so here's what I get out of this, which is the real takeaways here. Finish the race, then I get to rest. <laughs> don't, we don't rest till after we finish the race. Okay? And you will rise to receive your inheritance. Okay? So, Hebrews 1. This is, this is the end. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. Daniel is one of them. Okay? At many times and in various ways, we've seen that with his visions and his dreams and his voices speaking to him. Okay? But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Those are the thrones that Daniel saw in an earlier vision. He goes into the throne room. It's not just a throne there. He says thrones. Jesus is on a throne, sitting down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Okay? Finish the race, then we rest. We will rise to receive our inheritance. Okay? Daniel has taught us a lot about how to endure troubled times. As bad as the times seem, it appears from scriptural prophecy, that things will be much worse. Much worse. Okay? We still need to maintain our hope, our connection with the Word of God, our connection with the Spirit of God, and with the Son of God. And we still need to maintain our witness of God's Son, Jesus. That's our goal. That's our purpose in living through troubled times. May God bless each and every one of you. Thank you.